Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Jacob from River City Fitness. What's going on, Jacob? How are you doing today? What's going on, Emily? I'm doing well. That is really, really good to hear. So we're really, really excited to have you on today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at River City Fitness, first tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Yeah, so I have had a really interesting kind of professional life up to this point. I've done a lot of different jobs. I've done so I majored in math in college and I used to work as a financial analyst uh, for a government contract did some middle school math teaching for a little bit did a little bit of this a little bit of that I was a full-time musician at one point I've done it all Um, and then I found fitness while I was unemployed uh, because when I was working as a financial analyst lost the recompete for the work so I lost my job and I started working out at a local CrossFit gym in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I liked it so much that I went and got certified to coach and started coaching people in CrossFit. Um, we kind of fast forward to when I moved to Richmond, uh, started working as a head coach at a local gym here. And long story short there, uh, the gym just ended up not working out. And that gym actually ended up going out of business. And then I decided to open up my own space. Um, There were a lot of clients existing at that gym that went under that I still wanted to serve. And um, it just presented an interesting opportunity for me to open up the gym. So we started as a CrossFit gym and then recently pivoted to what we are now, which is basically the way that I describe it to people is this is a solution oriented fitness model where you come and present your goals and whether they're super specific or super general, you just want to be in the best shape of your life. And then we're going to tailor a program based on your anatomy, based on um, your flexibility, what your current strength is, and um, basically deliver all of that individual programming through an app called True Coach. Um, But then you know, there are time slots for all of our clients to come work out kind of like in a group class. Um, and so they can get feedback from the coach on the floor. Okay. So with the services, is this like all one-to-one PT? I know you said group. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, how are you delivering individual like programs to everybody? Yeah. So, um, like I said, we use that software true coach, um, and clients have their phones with them when they come into, uh, the gym and basically, uh, we'll kind of connect with the whole group, uh, before class starts. And then once class starts, it's kind of like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and break out. Everybody start on their stuff. I'm going to be migrating around the floor to make sure you don't have any questions or answer any questions you might have. Um, And then, you know, when you're finished, clean up yourself and get on to the rest of your life. Gotcha. So let's say that I were to move to like Virginia in like two weeks and I'm the type of person who really likes just getting like that 
tailored, um, individualized approach into some of your, the things that we were talking about um, off air with the breathing and the sleep and the stress, how would I know that you guys exist? Like, how would I find you? Yeah, so uh, we rank pretty high on Google search. Uh, and that's because we have a lot of five-star reviews because we're so awesome. Uh, I also post some on my, my Google business just to kind of rank really high in SEO. But then we also do a decent amount of paid uh, lead gen kind of stuff with uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then really, uh, because we're a small business with a small budget, really referrals are, are how we work really well. Um, is we, our whole belief is that if we're providing a great experience and a great product to the client and it's fixing real problems that they have in their life, they're going to talk about it and they're going to want to get other people involved. And if we as professionals just do a really good job of um, asking for referrals, I feel like a lot of prof uh, professionals in the fitness industry aren't that great at asking for referrals. Um, and that's what makes it incredibly hard to build a business. When you work off of referrals, you already have that built kind of buy-in and trust because you're, you, it's like your friend or your mom or your grandma or whatever. Um, and so that's already existing. Whereas when they come off of Facebook and Instagram, although that's great, and we, we do acquire a lot of clients from that, that's a lot harder to sell um, because we're selling to cold traffic. We got to make a, a connection in a short amount of time with somebody um, and communicate a lot of trust. Uh, whereas, you know, with those referrals, you know, that trust is already semi-built. So it's a, it's a little bit easier of a sell. And people want to work out with their friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's kind of, let's talk about two things. So let's talk about the paid advertising and then also the referrals and the systems that you have around that. So with yeah. the paid advertising, are you um, using Facebook ads or boosting posts? Like what is, what is that? Like? Yeah. So we're using Facebook ads um, and Instagram ads. And basically the campaign that we have running right now, because we've really dialed in the type of person that is going to benefit most from our service. Mm -hmm. um, typically they're in their forties and fifties okay. uh, and they are very hardworking professionals, a lot of entrepreneur types, a lot of lawyers, a lot of doctors, um, people who are really, really strapped for time. And the gym is probably the last thing on their mind and not something that they're going to be able to take care of on their own. Right. I feel like the fitness industry in general right now serves people who are already generally pretty fit really, really well. But it, I feel like we're lacking in being able to serve somebody who isn't that generally fit and being able to build enough buy-in with that person that they're actually going to see long lasting results, right? And, and get more people off of their medication and off of going to see physical therapy and, and all of that. Um, and so really what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to help those people who are kind of falling through the cracks. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So with the paid advertising that you're doing, like the campaign you're running right now, and then referrals, which one of those two sources would you say is bringing in like more opportunities? Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably 50, 50 at this point. 
Um, yeah. Our best clients, I would say, are coming off of referrals. Okay. Uh, I, I would say the ones who stick around longer and see more results are typically the referrals. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, I mean, we've had plenty of successful people uh, in the gym, you know, be long-term clients and see long-term results uh, from that paid marketing as well. Okay. So do y'all have like the same process when it comes to like how you nurture somebody that's coming off of paid advertisement versus referrals? Yeah, um, they are roughly the same. Um, it's obviously a little bit different with a referral because we can kind of skip some steps. Um, whereas with the paid marketing, they we collect their information off of like a, a landing page and then uh, that gets put into our CRM and the CRM we use is Uplaunch. Um, and so they get thrown into the active lead campaign uh, through email and text. Um, and we're also, we have dedicated people who are reaching out to those people, trying to get them on the phone or trying to get them in person, uh, and basically trying to close that deal. Um, and then there are a lot of other campaigns. If we close the deal, they get put into a new client campaign. Um, and then they're in that campaign for a hundred days. And then after the hundred days, they move into an established campaign if they're still with us. Um, and then, uh, if we don't close the deal, they get moved to an inactive lead campaign in which um, we'll have reach outs like once every 30 days. Um, but also for me, I write at least one sales email, like call to action email uh, a week that I'm sending out to our lead list and, um, you know, trying to try to see if people are interested and maybe, maybe when they signed up and started in the drip campaigns, Maybe they weren't a buyer then, but maybe they're a buyer now. Gotcha. Because no doesn't always mean no. It means not right now. Forever. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then as far as the referrals goes, like what steps are you kind of <laughs> skipping when it comes to those people? Yeah, typically. Um, so we do a pain-free assessment when we meet with people and um, for the people coming off of like Facebook and Instagram, we don't typically do that pain-free assessment right off the bat. Typically it is just strictly an informational meeting in a sales consultation. We want to figure out whether or not we're going to start the journey But for referrals. When they come in, they're like, Hey, I'm ready to start the journey. Like we can skip all this sales stuff. I know your pricing. Your friend told me all this stuff. Like your gym sounds awesome. Let's just, figure out what the best plan for me moving forward is. So it's almost like it's a done deal when a referral comes in um, because they have all the information. We don't need to share all the information. Basically what we've done is we've kind of coached our clients on how they should share information, what information they should share with clients. So they're almost salespeople for us. Um, and honestly, they're the best salespeople for us because they're the ones getting results anyways. Um, and so when they come in, typically where the deal is already closed and we just jump right into that first assessment, just so we're, you know, not wasting anybody's time and, um, you know, just moving forward in the process a little bit quicker. Gotcha. Okay. So have you guys ever thought about also including maybe like a short assessment for the people that are coming off of Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, some, sometimes we do, uh, depending on how the sales consultation goes. You know, sometimes you get you get people in a, a consultation where 
they just might not be a good fit for our gym. They might not be looking for what we're offering. Um, they, uh, through conversation, they maybe don't seem like they're in a place to actually make some serious changes in their life. Um, and so as a professional for me and at, for my staff, we are like, hey, you, you don't seem like you're in a place both time-wise, money-wise, maybe money-wise, I don't know. Um, but it, at least you've indicated to me that time-wise, this might not work for you. You want these results, but this is how much time you have to devote to this. There's, there's, a, there's a disconnect. So maybe come back when there's not so much of a disconnect here. And so, you know, not just trying to sell to anybody who has a heartbeat and a credit card. Um, but if during that, that meeting, we find they are a good fit, knocking out that first assessment because it takes like five to 10 minutes um, is definitely something that we do uh, for, for clients who are like, if they're right on the edge and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to sign up. We're like, let's take you through the, the assessment and then explain to you how this is going to dictate what we do in the gym just to build more, you know, when somebody's in a, in a consultation, they, they're either lacking trust in me as a professional, our reputation as a business or trust in themselves or trust in the process. Right. And so to build more trust in the process, starting to kind of like take them through it um, to get them off that fence is definitely something that we do. Gotcha. Okay. So is it you that, because um, I know that you say you do have like other members on your staff and your team as well. So my question is like, what does your day-to-day -day look like as the owner? Um, a lot of mission, a lot of vision, a lot of saying yes or no to different things that we want to do in terms of like events. Um, you know, is this going to fit inside of the mission and vision of what we want to do? And then, you know, the rest of the team is, is executing on that. Um, and so I'll like today was a Monday, you know, um, actually went to a Christmas party last night and had a lot of Christmas parties this weekend. So I uh, got to sleep in. Uh, until about 9 a.m. and then uh, hopped over to the gym and uh, just started in on some marketing materials and event planning for this next year in terms of some events that we want to run and um, met with my GM and just kind of checked in with how our sales this past week how was retention did we lose anybody why did we lose these people let's identify you know some some problems that we may be having something that we are doing or aren't doing and let's fix that so we don't you know lose any more customers um and then um from there um the rest of the day is kind of free time um whatever i want to make of it um or a lot of times, you know, I got into this business because I love coaching. So every so often I'll, I'll keep myself on the schedule and, and uh, just coach when I want to and um, coach PT clients that I, that I want to work with. And, um, right. you know, so really I'm, I'm very fortunate as a, as a owner and a trainer. I, I really, I, I pick and choose what I want to do uh, and the things that I don't want to do. I, I just, I won't do it. <laughs> 
Well said. So, I mean, in the beginning, though, was obviously that wasn't the case. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, definitely not. I was doing everything. <laughs> um, yeah, when I first started this company, um, I was the class coach. I was the consultation salesperson. I was the marketing. I was uh, I was the janitor. I mean, I was I was I was doing everything. Um, and then, you know, slowly as the company grew, you know, just hiring out those positions and giving up some money, obviously, to hire those positions so that I could just kind of climb the ladder uh, and do the things that are going to move the company, you know, further than, you know, than if, if I did everything, right? Because um, I could only do everything for a certain amount of time. And if I didn't figure it out, I was probably just going to quit um, because, you know, I mean, I think that's a pretty common problem in the gym industry is uh, just burnout for people because they're doing so many different things. I mean, they are the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the janitor, you know, I mean, they're, they're doing everything. And so I recognize that really quickly, if I can start to only do the roles that I'm really good at that are going to move the company further and further and further. That's what I should be focusing on and prioritizing and figuring out how I can hire out those positions was going to be super, super important. So how did you know when it was time to hire? Cause you have a GM. Um, how many trainers do you have now? Um, I have two trainers and a GM right now. Okay. Um, I used to have a team of 10, uh, but that, you know, we've broken things a couple different times and just like, can this work better? You know, trying to figure out how we need to adapt things to constantly improve them. And um, the team of 10 was awesome because I barely had to do anything. Um, but uh, it created a lot of team dynamics that I just didn't feel was great for the culture of the team. Um, when you have coaches who want to do this full time and maybe we don't necessarily have the volume of business to support eight full time staff members, you know, you have staff members who, um, you know, are great people, but obviously get really frustrated when it's like, hey, I want to do this full time, but I can't do this full time here because we just we don't have enough customers. Um, and so you have two different types of people. You have people who are going to complain about it. And all they're going to do is complain about it. Or you have the people who are going to be like, yeah, this is a problem. Let's just go ahead and fix it. Let's sell our tails off and so that we can do this. Um, and so finding those people has been really important. Um, and I feel like now just running a really lean staff is easier on me, easier on the GM. And also those staff members are able to make more money, um, which is going to, which is going to keep them happier. Yeah, for sure. So if you could, I guess, list out two or three things um, that you think are the most important things for gym owners to focus on that are actually going to grow the business because you coaching and training, it might not necessarily get, you know, that's not going to get more people in the door directly. Right. It's going to help people get results, but like what are two or three things that, gym owners need to be working on that are going to increase the revenue and bring in more people. Yeah. Um, because the small businesses in general are working on really tight budgets and 
you know, really lean staff staffing. Um, it's really important, especially in a, in an industry like the gym where everything is client acquisition based, um, because you're going to have a certain amount of churn per month, you know, that you're just going to have to continually be acquiring customers. Um, automate that process as much as you can and make that automation not feel automated, right? Make it feel organic, but take that off of your plate. So you don't have to worry about so many text messages and emails and keeping up with this lead and sending this message out. And, Cause that can start to get really overwhelming and it will fall through the cracks. Um, and so if you can get a CRM system, that's going to automate a lot of those things so that you can keep up with as many customers as you possibly can. Um, the other thing, and this is actually more important than having a, a, a really robust system like that is the mission, the vision, and the values that your company has work on it. You need to have that really dialed in because that's going to make decision-making so much easier. It's like, Hey, these are my core values. Is this event, is this decision, does this fit within my values? Yes, no. Okay, cool. We can make the decision or not make the decision really quickly and not have to think so hard about it. If we just go through the checklist of, Hey, this fits all of our core values. This is going to make a really high impact for the lowest amount of money. Let's do it. Right. If it's like the impact is going to be, eh, the money is going to be, eh, it's like maybe we pass up this opportunity. So I think working on that and having that is just, it'll make your life's decisions easier, especially as a small business. Owner. I mean, you're making a million different decisions in a day. And so making all of those decisions easier is going to make you just have a better work-life balance, but it's also going to allow you to make better decisions, you know, for your business. Right. So knowing what your core values are, um, really automating the things, but not making it feel like you're talking to a, a bot or something like that. Right. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we are approaching the new year very, very quickly. It's maybe like in 10, 11, 12 days away. Um, what are y'all's goals for 2023? Are you looking to expand the gym, get more people in? Yeah, totally. Um, so our goals in 2023 is, so right now we're servicing 130 clients. Um, only about 60 of those are on pro individual program design. Um, and that's kind of a, for us, that's a recurring revenue stream. It's not like personal training where you're going to have some months where personal training is just going to fluctuate based on how many people are, are buying packages. Whereas individual program design is much more predictable revenue. Um, and so having a little bit more of that predictable revenue will help us, uh, kind of forecast some things as a business. Um, so right now we have about 60 on that individual program design by the end of this year, I would love to grow that to 195. That's aggressive. Um, and that means our retention has to be awesome. Our acquisition has to be awesome. And we got to be firing on all cylinders, right? Um, I think it's possible and I think it's really possible with the team that we have. Um, it, it's just going to take a lot of desire. I mean, because I, I know we can do it um, and things can grow quickly, but um, that would basically max out our facility uh, by December and then allow us in 2024 to, you know, jump into 
whatever we wanted to jump into. Yeah. So, so like really in terms, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so basically what that would translate, I know 195 clients, everybody, basically what that would translate to is, you know, roughly 70 to a hundred grand a month in gross revenue. And then, um, you know, the profit margin on that, it would fluctuate, but I mean, minimum, it would be 25%. All right. It sounds like, you know, your numbers. Hey, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Period. I, I think that's a great point for us to, to end on. But before we wrap up with this episode, Jacob, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me. Uh, so, my, you know, my personal uh, Instagram is at Coach Jumpman. Um, uh, the gym's Instagram is at RC Fit Official. Um, you can take a look at all the content there. And other than that, um, I won't give people my phone number, but <laughs> just hit me up on email. All righty, Jacob. Well, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish in 2023. So to all of y'all who tuned in today, we appreciate you guys as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Shira from ST3 Kickboxing out of Monroe, New York. Welcome to the show, Shira. How are you today? Hi, Hannah. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, but before we jump into the business, um, first, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. So I, um, I actually, I shared a little bit of my story with Fernando, but my story actually comes from, um, when I was in my early twenties, uh, I was a young single mom. I got divorced and I was leaving an abusive marriage and I, you know, don't have to get into all of the transformative effects of fitness. I, uh, was overweight and felt a new sense of freedom and empowerment. And I started working out and I, you know, loved what was happening in my body, but I wasn't necessarily inspired by what I was doing. And I would pass a kickboxing studio on the way to work. And one day I decided to head on in and I got started and I felt this incredible sense of empowerment. And I started working out before that I had done like, you know, cardio kickboxing classes where I was jumping jack jab, but in this type of format, I was learning a skill and I was enjoying the community and we were having a great time and it just opened up doors for me. And I knew that that was something, you know, it became something that I wanted to share with people. So that's how I got started. I started uh, learning it as a martial art and then going from there, starting my own little group and 
you know, that's that the rest is history. I guess. I mean, yeah. I love that. It started like as a passion and the fitness community was like really there for you in a time when you needed it. And I think that's amazing that it inspired you so much to start your own thing. Um, but what were you doing before you got into the fitness industry, like for work? So uh, I do, I, I still do. I'm actually uh, by trade, I'm a dental hygienist. I've been working in dentistry for 30 years, sorry to say. Uh, and I do that two days a week still because I love it. And, um, and obviously through COVID, it was a huge help to have uh, an additional source of income. And uh, it, it's, it's what I did and what I still do. And through that, I also, you know, still share with, with my dental hygiene community and everything. We all, you know, have fitness challenges amongst ourselves too. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. But you still have like a foot in both worlds. You sound very busy. So we'll get into how you balance everything too on the show. Um, but um, before we get into that, tell us about ST3 kickboxing. Like how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before, the services you offer, the atmosphere, all that good stuff. So ST3 Kickboxing is an amazing community of people. We specifically aim to serve our local community and really represent the demographic of the people that are that are within the area. And people come in, our goal is to make them feel welcome, to have fun. And so many people come in with the goal of, you know, whatever fitness will give you, whether it be toning or weight loss or anything, what they find is a supportive community and a whole lot of fun to be had. And it generally goes beyond that, that initial goal of fitness. So they're going to find small group classes. They're going to find uh, a community of supportive people, uh, you know, something to learn, something to focus on. And, and that's what we offer. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. It can start as just, you know, maybe you want to change your body, but then it turns into something so much bigger and, and the people you meet through the fitness industry can be like lasting friendships or in your case, a whole nother like career and passion. So I love that you promote that there. Um, tell us about like your classes, what sort of um, classes can people expect if they come in? So uh, our main classes are kickboxing classes. Uh, we do kickboxing classes on the bag. Uh, generally six rounds, six, three to three and a half minute rounds. Uh, I, um, I basically keep the class the same, the kickboxing class the same for the week. So people can get a comfort in what they're doing and the motion, the movement so that they can start to build on their technique and improve. And those are roughly 35 minute classes. We found that a shorter class format is a lot more effective and uh, we also offer something called Kickboxing Strong. Um, as you know, throughout my journey, I got into bodybuilding and I love strength training and I love functional training. So we started incorporating uh, circuit training with uh, kettlebells and TRX and plyo boxes and medicine balls. So we'll have a lot of fun and, and pick muscle groups and go on a, on a high-low kind of circuit. And uh, we also just actually recently incorporated something called lit yoga. So everything that we do is um, one of the things I learned is keeping the main thing, the main thing. So what can support what our main thing is, is kickboxing. So lit yoga, um, I find that yoga obviously supports a lot of movement, but it's a balance because while kickboxing is so dynamic, yoga is more controlled. But what I loved about this particular yoga is it's not... Um, 
super pretzely or super zen. We actually talk and laugh through the whole thing. And uh, the instructor and I actually discuss, um, you know, what we do in what we do in kickboxing, so she can model the moves for strength and balance in, you know, a yoga flow. So there's yeah. that. Um, you know, so that's that's basically most of what we have. Uh, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're getting like a well-rounded like athlete there, like from kickboxing to yoga to you know strength training. Like there really is something for everyone. Um, how many how many members do you have part of the facility? So right now we are at sixty members, and our goal for twenty twenty three is to uh, grow to one hundred members. Awesome. I love that the growth oriented um, mindset you have there. Um, what are you doing now or what have you done in the past to market your facility and, and bring people in? So uh, I feel like we've done everything. Um, we've done print, not too much success. Uh, and we've done, let's see, we've done uh, Google ads, which I find are, are pretty effective because most people write that they hear from us uh, hear of us from Google. Uh, probably people are Googling, you know, kickboxing dear me or something of the sort. We've done uh, social media ads uh, and social media marketing. And what I have found actually to be really effective rather than paying for ads and social media and all of that is getting involved in community groups. Uh, so local community groups, I feel like everyone has them and starting to interact with people in there. A lot of them will let you, you know, if it's a local business, they'll let you post events that you have going on, as well as doing a lot of grassroots. I have really gotten back into looking at uh, what we have around here as far as like street fairs and uh, you know, community things like for the holidays, we've been participating in uh, you know, adoptive families and other other community activities that have been going on. And I find that that's been really effective in getting our name out there and getting people to know that we're that we exist and we're there and getting to know people, because I think when people come in, they want to know who you are. They want to be familiar with who they're going to be talking to. And they want to know that, you know, it's not some cold gym experience where they're going to walk in and just feel completely out of place. So when we get to interact with people and, and introduce ourselves, then when they come in, they already have a sense of like, oh, this is somebody who's been here a long time. And and it, it, that's what I found to be really effective, actually. And it doesn't cost anything to do. Right. Yeah. I think that's the the biggest benefit of like a grassroots, you know, marketing technique is you get to meet the actual people in your community, see them face to face. They get to see you face to face and, and see that you're more than just like a company or an ad or real people behind it. Um, so I think that's, that's something amazing about it. I feel like the only cost to it is your time. So tell me about how you um, kind of like delegate your time. So you mentioned to me that you're also a dental hygienist by trade. Um, and you own this business, do, are you also training people? You know, do you have a team behind you or how many? Oh, yeah. I'm really fortunate. I have some amazing instructors okay. and uh, we have currently four instructors uh, that besides myself, um, I am the only one-on-one -on -one, uh, certified personal trainer in the business. Um, actually, I do take that back. My yoga instructor is certified to do one-on-one -on -one training and uh but so far i'm the only one doing one-on-one -on -one less lessons 
And um, two of our employees, uh, two of our instructors actually I inherited from um, the person who I kind of sort of took the business over from. And that's, uh, that's another story, but the person that I took the business over from, he had two instructors or two uh, former people that used to train with him. They were both actually uh, black belts of his that were, uh, they were training in Tang Soo Dao and they were teachers as well. They were, they were instructors for him and they were teaching the kickboxing classes, the adult kickboxing classes in the studio. So I was really fortunate to inherit them. And then uh, one person, one of my employees, one of my instructors actually is the T and ST3. We started out as partners. And when we moved into a bigger facility, she actually uh, opted, we had a heart to heart and she opted not to continue on as a partner uh, and continue her passion of being an instructor. What we, one thing that I might be unique about our studio is what the reason we, we teach and the reason why our instructors is because we enjoy it, we're passionate about it. It's not our main jobs. Um, so while I, I used to be, when I first started this business, I was still doing dental hygiene four days a week. When I was an instructor, I was doing hygiene five to six days a week. So everybody that is my instructor has a career in addition to doing this and they do it because it's their passion. So, you know, uh, Teresa, the my former partner, she's a librarian. Um, Diane and Tom are both in corporate. So it's it's great because, you know, when people see the, the, the people see or get to know my instructors, they get to know that like this is they do this because they love it, not because this is, you know, their career. And it, there's, you know, there's no um, there there's. I don't want to say that there's like nothing in it for them, but there's there's no pretense to why they're there. They're there because they they want to be there. So yeah, I feel like our members can feel that like when you're there because you really want to help them um, versus you know you have to be there for some reason. But um, is it a goal of yours to eventually you know be in the business full time, or do you see yourself staying in dental hygiene as well? So it, it, I waver back and forth because I really do love my career as a dental hygienist and I love being able to keep in it. However, if it does take off to the point where it does require a hundred percent of my time, then it's likely that I will be there. Although I also look at the possibility of delegating some of the responsibilities that I take on. So, you know, I'm still that owner that does all the cleanup, that does all the books, that does you know, all of the things that, that could potentially be delegated to somebody else. So it could potentially, uh, keep my career that I love and keep doing ST3. We will see when the time comes. Yeah, definitely. I think that'll be interesting to see. It's hard because you have two passions, two things you're really passionate about. <laughs> um, but okay. So going back to that goal of getting, you know, eventually to that hundred client mark, maybe transitioning full-time into the business. What do you think is like the biggest bottleneck or the biggest challenge that you face, um, in growing your member base? So, um, I mean, obviously it's been a really weird time for the fitness industry. Um, you know, we've gone from COVID to, you know, being, uh, you know, being whatever, is going on now with the economy. It's not necessarily, you know, we are is a luxury to some extent, although I never saw it as a luxury as, you know, a 
you know, as, as a single mom who really had a lot, you know, you know, had a lot, you, you have a lot of expenses, you have, you have a kid to take care of, but I always saw it as an investment and an investment in myself. So um, hopefully people continue to see it as that. And, you know, nothing's worse than paying your $20 membership to some big box gym and being part of the donation program. If you don't use it, who cares if it's $20 or $200? It, you know, the, the investment is what you actually put time into um, after you pay the money. So, um, you know, so I guess, you know, that's one of our biggest challenges right now. And we'll see, we'll see where the, you know, we'll see where the road takes us. The fact is we're still here and we're, we're still surviving and, you know. We, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the, the economy doing a bit of a shift and maybe like a recession coming. Um, but I think, you know, as an industry, we survived 2020 where we had to completely shut down. And so I feel like if we can get through that, we can get through, you know, a downturn in the economy. Um, and then also, I think people are more health conscious now than they ever have been after, you know, the pandemic. So I think that's a, a big plus for the industry as well. Um, but tell me a little bit about how you navigated 2020 and how New York was um, and how you pivoted and made it out the other side. Oh, wow. I learned so many lessons. So I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it was a really, it was, it was, there was a lot of positives to it through all of the hardships and negatives. Uh, one of the things I've learned is keep the main thing, the main thing. I am definitely one of those people that has shiny object syndrome, I like to call it, where, you know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that's a really cool thing. Let's see if we can incorporate that in, incorporate that in. And things were like slightly all over the place for a while or so it felt. And I think what COVID uh, and the quarantining and all of that drove home is, you know, really, you know, and I, I always have said like systems are what are what keeps things manageable and keeps things moving along. So to really like stop looking at like all of the differences and really get things down on paper, get my classes, you know, I have a database of over 150 classes right now that, you know, I was always really great at teaching an off the cuff class, but that's not really a great business model if you want to train instructors and you want to bring more people on and, and you want to like share it with other people. So, you know, and now I built a database of all these classes. So we have, you know, now we're going to be starting an instructor training program so that we can add more times and classes that are convenient. And, um, you know, during COVID also, we did a lot of online classes. So, you know, everything was really regimented, um, you know, it kept me going, it kept our, our members going. A lot of them opted, you know, because we have such a great community of people, a lot of them opted to keep their memberships going and join me online if they could, or even the ones that couldn't did. Um, and that really, really helped. I have an amazing landlord, thankfully, that that worked with me for a few months so that we can, you know, get back on our feet and or, or stay on our feet. And eventually, you know, things finally did open up. I mean, it was a little unfair. They kept us closed longer than any other industry I felt with really no way of, you know, building, building much. It's like, you know, how can you compete with like all of these online fitness industries that have already had their business model going for such a long time. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, you know, you're going to build your online empire. Not really. <laughs> you know, when there's so much free access to things online. So, you know, thankfully, 
you know, part of having that incredible community of people, um, it really got us through. And it really, you know, we really were able to take the lessons that we learned and really hone in on what we wanted this business to be uh, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think it was like a time where we could really reset and focus on on our, what we find important and what we want to you know, focus on in the future. Did you lose any clients during that time or are you at the same or more after the pandemic that you were before? So yeah, we definitely lost some members. Uh, we do keep in touch with them. There's been a big, in our area in particular, and I don't know if it's, I don't think it's unique particularly to this area. There was a lot of shift in uh, population. A lot of people were moving out of the city to this area because they didn't really need to commute anymore. And those people that were moving into the city, um, you know, people were like, you know, people around here were, you know, getting a nice deal for their houses and saw it as an opportunity to, you know, move out of the area. So we we definitely lost a few people that completely moved out of the area, quite a few actually. And we gained a bunch of people, a new, you know, a lot, a lot of new people that have moved from various areas, people from Vermont, people from New York City, people from um you know, I don't even know where. And, um, you know, so we've kept, you know, so we did lose some, but we've also gained a new, a new population to get to know. And, you know, the greatest thing about having a gym, that's a community and a great place to get to know people is I come to, come to a group where you've got 12 people working out with you and, you know, you can have a conversation and get to know people. Yeah, I definitely agree. As an adult, it's hard to make friends. And I feel like a fitness place where you're, you know, in that position with, you know, 10 other people around your same age in the same area, it's like the perfect place to, to make connections. Um, but I'm curious, so let's say I moved to your area. Um, how would I know that you're there? How do you, have you been get, getting the word out about um, ST3? So, um, you know, depending on, on who you are, uh, you know, we've, as I said, like we belong to a lot of social media groups that are local. Uh, we do have a lot of activity on those groups. Um, we've recently participated in like around Halloween, we did a trunk or treat and a few community, a few different communities were doing trunk or treats. So, you know, I was there handing out candy and, you know, a nice big ST3 kickboxing sign along with the rest of my trunk decorations and just meeting people and people would ask and I'd hand out brochures and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are word of mouth. So they will, um, you know, so they'll, they'll bring in people, they'll refer people, uh, we get, you know, and, and as I said, you know, I think it's a lot of just being, this is not a big community. This isn't a city, this is a small town. So it's like, I belong to book clubs and I belong, you know, I belong to to different groups and you know I go to a gym in my area too so it's like I'll meet people that you know maybe are like walking on the treadmill and they want something more so it's it's uh you know it's it's really it's really effective just to be somebody here in the community it doesn't have to get much more complicated than that yeah totally I totally agree I think um meeting people face to face is one of the best ways you can get your message out there and and they'll relate to you more if they see you in person. Um, so before we start to wrap things up, what would be like your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym? Maybe something that you wish you would have known um, years ago before you started your own. So my biggest piece of advice, I, I definitely 
it's hard to narrow it down. I definitely say um, get help, like get help. Uh, one of the best things I invested in was, um, you know, a program that was basically sat down with me, helped me set up what my packages are going to be, helped me set up a social media calendar, helped me hone things in, even helped me like negotiate with a landlord when I built out the new location for the studio and look to people who have done it before and who are authorities in the industry because otherwise you spend a lot more time uh feeling around in the dark than you really need to so that is my biggest piece of advice if you're looking to open a gym find find something that's going to guide you and um and as i said before keeping the main thing the main thing like it's one thing to systemize your business and who you're giving the you know the accounting to and then how you're setting your packages up it's another thing to get enticed by you know a whole lot of different programs and all of there is out there it's it's great and then i love it and i love changing things up and you have to at some point say like what is it that we're going to offer like and and offer it 100% and go all in and you'll find that not only does it take a lot of stress out of out of your daily life it also helps things to build because people when you're comfortable people are comfortable and you know it's great because we have people who have been with us for a long time that really are like to the level where they want to move up and become instructors and and also share and they become really passionate about it as well yeah i think that's super important a testament to the community that you've built and it really resonated with what you said about you know mentorship and going to someone who's done it before and can kind of shed a light on what to expect and what's doing certain situations i feel like that's in any industry as an entrepreneur, super crucial that you make connections and you network with people who can help you. And so I, I really resonated um, with what you mentioned there, but thank you so much, Shira, for everything that you shared with us today. Um, before we sign off, tell us where can we find you? What's your social media? What, what's your website? Um, anything else you wanna share with us? Oh yeah, st3kickboxing.com, there you go, um, is our website. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and, Follow us along on there. Yay, perfect. ST3 Kickboxing, everyone. Follow along. If you're in Monroe, New York area, check them out. Um, but thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today are Ryan and Dean of S20 Health and Fitness, coming to you from Sheffield in the United Kingdom. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? Well, good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm doing tremendously. I'm excited to dive into this, and I always enjoy the international aspect of this kind of a conversation because I think that there's a lot for us to learn both here in the States from how you guys operate gyms and for you guys in the UK to how we operate here in the States. The whole point of our conversation today is the exchange of information, the brainstorm, the the best practice in terms of how we run a business and your experience in terms of how you've applied that. Before we dive into this, guys, I want to hear a little bit about S20. For the people listening who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the S20 brand, describe this for us. When you talk to people about what S20 is, what do we tell them? Me? You? You go first? I'll go first. So uh, I think the biggest thing to actually mention here is community, uh, positive vibes, and just inclusivity um, between a multitude of people who train, athletes, bodybuilders, professional boxers, runners, um, all all training under one roof and having um, the equipment to do so, but also having the atmosphere to have a, just a positive experience. And that's what I kind of make sure that when people leave S20 Health and Fitness, as long as they've had a positive great experience and a good service then that's for me the 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 root of what we do here yeah now take me back a little bit because i think that the origin stories on these things are important how we got here is just as important as where we're going tell me a little bit about when this whole thing got started and more importantly than that why this whole thing got started okay so well i I think if we rewind to 2015 was when you first started brainstorming, wasn't it? Mm. But possibly 2014. Ryan had owned a gym before, come out of the business. Um, he'd moved home. Life happens. Things change. Um, and he sat and he, he knew what he wanted to do. And he knew he wanted to do it on his own without the reliance upon anybody else. So moved back in with his parents, was literally living under a desk in a, in a spare room, our very own Harry Potter. Um, and <laughs> went back to work, you know, There's, there was no ego involved. He went back to work, he was PTing clients through other people's gyms, in garages, in people's living rooms, saved the money, found this space, um, which is not a small space, it's 12, 13,000 square foot. Um, and then with a very limited budget, with the help of his mum and dad, they kind of, the trio of them started this together. Um, Ryan and I had been friends for a long time. He gave me a call and was excited to show me the space. I was semi-retired slash not working at the time. Um, and I came down and I said, you've got to come and let's do this. And fast forward to 2016, January, 
the doors opened. There'd been a massive um, pre-sale had gone on and to um, S20 Physique was born um, mm -hmm. on the back of Ryan winning the European Fitness Model of the Year award, hadn't you? Yeah, as a WBFF just before that. That helps. Yeah, that, that, kind of, that helped a little bit. The, the other thing that kind of, a, bit, a little bit more of a backstory was um, before that, when I was like 13, 14, 15, 16, so younger, there was a gym about uh, three miles away um, and it had such a good atmosphere, such a good gym, such a good... Um, all I can remember was loving to go down there. I couldn't wait to get down there. And then it changed to one of these pods, you know, when you walk in and you have to scan your face, there was no receptionist, no one there to say hello. And it literally just went downhill um, because there was no face value to it. Um, and I remember thinking, I want, to I want to open a gym again that's just got that cafe inside it where people know you, people know the owners, people feel like they can communicate with just like they can see who owns it so they know they have that personal connection but also when they walk in they've got a smiley face at the cafe so that was all I kind of that's kind of all I thought at the start of it and it kind of blew up from there if I'm honest <laughs> yeah I think it's it's funny how those experiences from before you were even a gym owner influence how we operate now right we as a consumer first and foremost before we as a business owner what would we be looking for in a service like this. And so, Dean, as you mentioned, 2016, we got this off the ground. Six years later, guys, look back on that time here for a moment with me. What's been your favorite part about operating this business so far? And what's been the most challenging part about operating this business? Ooh, well, my favorite bit is I obviously get to work with my best friend every day. So that's a good That helps. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It, um, I think we probably, I don't want to put words in Ryan's mouth, no. but I think we probably would have the same highs and lows. The, I, I think possibly the lowest point was we spent the first two or three years getting to where we needed to be. Um, nobody was earning any money, nobody was making any money, and everything was kind of just paid in there. And it was just starting to be the dream. Mm. Um, and then COVID hit and everything was shut down. And we lost 800 members overnight. And the plans to open a second gym were dashed because the money for that needed to be used to survive. So that for me, and I'm sure for Ryan, it's definitely the, the, the peak, the lowest point. I think probably yeah. for me, the lowest point during that is we had a an amazing team. Mm. So we had um, we, we had a team that we built from the ground up. Like people, we had people from car sales backgrounds, people who uh, were apprentices who are now running their own, uh, almost well, their own businesses, and they were all earning very BT good money. Telecom. Yeah, yeah, and because of COVID, they went online because they were forced to go online, and then we lost about four or five PTs. Yeah, so about 50, 60% so of the 50, team. So 50% of the team went. Now, when you've personally invested your time into these people um, and then for them all to leave, yeah. this is the first time that I, it literally hit me like a ton of shit. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Not allowed to swear? Please do, go ahead. From Yorkshire, yeah. we're from Yorkshire, Sheffield, yeah. so that's part of our vocabulary. So I'll, I'll try not to, I'll tone it down a bit, but I, I really felt that because I, I'd, I'd invest, and Dean, I'd invested so much into it. Dean has a little bit more business, business experience than me, so I think he took it on the chin a bit better. But for me, I was, I can remember sat in my car and I was, I was, I was crying because all my, these people I'd, I'd built up from the background 
and just left. And I was like, is it me? Is it, is it, is it something I've done? Have I, have I failed them in such a way? And, and that, that, that sucked. It was difficult not to take it personally, wasn't it? Because yeah. like we're stuck with each other. He's going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. We're in it. We're, you know, <laughs> we kind of, we built this idealized dream that it sounds really cheesy, but it's the truth. We are a massive dysfunctional family and nobody was ever going anywhere. We were all here. We were here to stay. So then when people went, it was like, oh shit, this is, not forever mm-hmm. things can yep. change things can go wrong um yep. so yeah that was you know, so far beyond our control at that point absolutely and i think we had to just sit and go it's okay if people leave yeah it's yeah. not his fault it's not my fault they don't hate us the world isn't going to end it's just life and it made us adjust our business model moving forward saying to the guys as we interview them what is your plan Do you want to be here for six months, 12 months, two years, five years, so we can adjust our expectations and know what we need to invest in you and how to get you to that point without feeling disappointed when you go? Yeah. There's always going to be disappointments and and sadness. But, and then the best point for me, I think, was the third lockdown. (laughs) Life had fallen apart. The business had fallen apart. Do we, Ryan said, should we sell the kit, call it a day and say it's been a good run? Or have you heard of the term go shit or bust? It's a it's a doubling down here for the, yeah. the American <laughs> balls listeners. to the wall, and um, so it was a balls to the wall moment. And borrow two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, reinvest it into the business, rip it out. Bearing in mind, we only had four weeks to do this, and everything was like people were going, "Yep, yeah, we can't do it." I'm like, "No, there's no can't. We have got three weeks. We will be open." And the best moment for me was the day before we did. We just taken the last like forklift truck out of the building and Ryan and I were stood and we just looked and we were like, we've done it. And somebody behind us caught a picture. Um, and that was us just stood the day before we reopened it just about being finished. And it was like, okay, now we just need to find those 800 members back <laughs> and find a way to pay for all of this. Yeah. Um, and touch wood nearly two years down the line, things are, back on the right track but for yeah. me that was my best a little moment. bit of a little bit of a bump in the road but we're still here right yeah. something must be going well enough for us to continue this and for the people listening for context lockdowns in the uk were far more aggressive than they were here even in the states even in new york we were shut down for the better part of eight months but i remember having this conversation well into 2021 and gyms were still shut down when was it that you guys were actually able to open up beyond all lockdowns and operate with some normalcy well the first one was i believe it was from march through till july then it was from november through till february no november through till april and then the third one was in the um i think over the space of two years it was almost 16 months or something like that we were the so, first people to close and the last people to open. Yeah, along with pub. Yeah. With very little and, help. And what seems like necessary services on both ends, for whatever reason, we aren't able to. Now, guys, I want to pick your brain because you, you mentioned that we lost 800. Now the mission is to, to find those 800 and potentially beyond 800 past that. What's been working for you guys from a marketing standpoint to drive some new people through the doors. I've got to just say on that point, we actually closed the doors on the first lockdown with 1,200 members and 300 of those never 
wavered. They never cancelled a payment. They never stopped a payment. They paid the whole way through. And it's without, you know, without the money that was saved for the second gym, but without those 300 members that continue to pay, we wouldn't still be here. I see. Okay. So there was, and, and it was the core 300 majoritively from day one, the day yeah. one founder members that kept us going. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. Um, but marketing wise. Um, so one of the first things I did, um, this, this is going to sound crazy, but me and Dean, the, the members who had paid, the members who had not, cancelled the direct debits uh, or even some of the members that even paid up right until last minute then had to cancel we and me and dean sat and rang all of them people um just to say thank you and some of them had cancelled already but we actually sat and rang and sat buying and- some goodwill first and foremost yeah, but, that, but that then but that then gives them reason to tell other people and you, may, you never guess what Ryan and Dean rang us from S20 and said thank you, and it just puts that word back into the head, Jesus, that they must be actually really great. They must be nice people and nice guys to actually ring up and make the time to do that. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things we always kind of do um, is you have all the social media type of stuff. That you kind of the we have a, like a good referral campaign that really starts to that really work for us, um, sure. and that was to do with um, basically. If one person comes, uh, one person brings one member in, they get uh, a free month. If they bring two people in, they get two free months. And then um, for the third person, they get three months. And um, we're going to do that again this year. But this year, we're really going to throw something at it. Um, and we are going to be doing like a five thousand pound cash giveaway. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to aggressive. Have- Great, yeah. So we're we're gonna do like some of it's gonna be cash, some of it's gonna be like just um, um, like um, fitness related stuff. So I don't know, but like, go like the ninja, the ninja air fryers, uh, blenders, like uh, a piece pieces of kit that people use quite a lot, gloves, belts, some nice, uh, some nice gym attire. Just stuff like that, and then there's gonna be some cash, and we're gonna do the same type of referral system. Um, but we always do, and this is quite important to say, we always do our referral campaign around after February, March time. The reason is, is we don't actually do a big push in January. And there's quite a strong reason for that. And it has, such would, not let us down since. You see a lot of gyms do a lot of like aggressive marketing for January push sales, don't they? Right. So you have... Um, you have all all these newbie people coming in um, because they've got a great deal on this new membership at the gym. Now, because of the style of gym we are and the space we have, a lot of people come. When they pay, they come. They're not a JD gym or a, sorry, if, well, sorry, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names. They're not a, um, big chain. a big chain gym where they pay £15 and they don't go, they might go, they might not. When you pay... 30 for 36 36 pounds here they come to the gym now if we get 150 people new people in january who flood the gym all it does is it pisses off the members who are currently here now we know that about 50 percent of them in february march time will have kicked the new year kind of 
lose weight in New Year. These what do they call them? And the New Year, New You new, subscribers, yeah, yeah. The resolutioners. Yeah, yeah, the resolution. About fifty percent of them will go. Now, if if we have this massive push and do a huge deal and make a massive like a like a no joining fee and make fifty percent off for the first whatever it is. We get 150 people in, 50 people, 50% of them will leave. But then we've pissed off, potentially, the members who are loyal to us. So now we've got loyal members now cancelling their memberships because there's too many people in the gym. So we don't do an aggressive... We don't want to exacerbate the volatility of fitness. Fitness is seasonal enough. We don't want to add to it. You guys have almost tried to flatten that line focusing more on the downtimes yes. and going heavy on marketing then to to reduce the volatility a little bit. I can get behind that. You mentioned putting some money into this. We've got a pretty hefty referral campaign. Have you guys put any money into formalized advertising? You mentioned social media earlier. Is that something that you guys lean on to try to drive some new leads? Um, we've looked at all kinds of different marketing revenues um, and having spoken to what we, we do quite a lot of uh, focus driven, we sit and meet, we did one ladies only sat and met with them. What are we failing at? What do you need? What do you want? What do we not do? What do we do bad? What do we do good? Then we sat and met with a different um, selection or group of people. And when, when we spoke to all of them, if they go on Google and they, there's a full page of paid ads. The first thing I personally do is flick past them because I know that they're only at the top because they've been paid. And I've go to the first generic one. And a lot of the people that we've spoken to feel the same. So for a business business of our size, we would possibly need to set aside two or 3,000 pounds a month marketing to make an impact on Google. So over the space of a year, we're talking about 36,000 pounds. And the traffic that drives through we, in our opinion, doesn't warrant spending £36,000. What we would rather do with that is use the 36, every single Christmas, we have a meeting with the members and we put a poll out there, what do you want? What do you need? Um, And for an example, this year, people have been asking us for new Watt bikes. They've been desperate for new Watt bikes, um, a a free motion cable cable, um, and assault bikes. They wanted a new Texas deadlift bar, totaling almost 20 grand. So we've just bought that. And what we do is at Christmas, we put it out, happy Christmas, there you go, that's what you wanted. So rather than almost wasting money for people to scroll past that ad on Google, we just put that back into the business and reinvest in those people that have supported us by giving them the new kit. So we do, we do do word of mouth, we do do Instagram and Google and social media, but we don't really throw too much money at it because the, the reach of our business, if we're throwing money at, 25 miles away who's going to drive 25 miles to come to the gym right i agree and and i think that the the greater point to all of this entire marketing conversation needs to stem from any kind of money going out we need to see a significant amount of money coming back in and to your point whether it's google whether it's facebook whether it's instagram or any other platform out there I want to be pretty confident that I know the, the end result before I write the check or swipe the card to send the money out in the first place. And for a lot of gyms in our industry, we aren't marketing experts, right? Nobody opens up a gym because they love sitting on Facebook ads manager. Very few of us in the industry actually 
understand how it works. And to our greater point, the rules on those platforms are constantly changing too. What works today is not what worked six months ago and will be vastly different than what works six months from now. And so it can be a, a pretty intimidating feat. You guys just would rather save those resources and put it into something that we are more confident in that will pay dividends in the long run. I'm completely behind that. We did Take do me to the next step here, guys. Go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. So we did. We did do initially. We did do some Facebook advertising, Facebook marketing. Okay. What the like? I don't think yet we've had very very limited people actually look at a Facebook ad and go, "I'm going to put my direct debit details in and sign up to that gym before I've even gone down it and gone down to see it." So a lot of the stuff that we do Facebook and do Instagram isn't selling a direct sale it's to get them to come down to the gym first so what we'll do is i've just done a free fat loss seminar a couple of about a month back and we advertise that so the advertising isn't actually for a sale membership sale it's a free service so like a fat loss seminar to come down to the gym and then once they see the gym and come down to it and meet people there then they go, oh, I might come down for some day passes. And then once they've done uh -huh. day passes, step-by-step process. So Dean has, so once they've done a day pass, they have the details put into the system. And then a week later, Dean says, oh, did you enjoy your membership? Did you enjoy your free pass? Would you like to sign up to the gym? So we don't do it as in like, right, uh, new membership, $29.99, three months joining a fee, join here. We do come down to the gym, free, try, try it for free, or come to the fat loss seminar or something that's going to bring them down to the gym, bring the footfall, lead generate on that type of term rather than doing a sale pitch on, on, a, on, a, on a Facebook or Instagram post. Sure. I always think... Pouring value in before we ask. Yeah, yes. and also I think everybody buys with their eyes. People buy the visual. People want to be with a trainer because they want to look like that trainer or they want to be with that trainer. People want a gym because of the atmosphere. And you can't, a lot of our stuff we've been known to... Um, Especially if we put 250,000 pounds into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can, <laughs> you can send out an ad say, buy this gym, and, but why? What are they buying? Who are they buying? And so it makes it much more relatable. We will sit um, and there's been questionable costumes and questionable videos that we've put out there. But I think showing your own vulnerability and your own truth, people can relate to that. Yep. The massive mistake or the big misconception of a gym owner is there's a thousand members. That gym owner is, owner is sitting at home collecting 1,000 direct debits every month without a care in the world. When they can see you're that just like that. how it works no <laughs> it really isn't but when they can see that and they get down here and they can appreciate what is happening and that it's not just an ad yeah everything's great buy it they see it and go oh it really is great i need to yeah. buy it so so what i what i pull from our conversation is kind of a, it all relates to one thing we've talked about a whole number of different things but it all boils down to authenticity and a genuine connection, a genuine service that's valuable to people beyond just equipment to work out with. A hundred percent. That's part of it. It's certainly an aspect here, but people come to us and stay with us for a lot bigger reasons than that. Now, guys, 
we've talked about kind of what you've done in the past, but I want to flip the switch and, and turn to the future here. We, we took a pretty big loan. We put a lot of money into the business. We're building back our membership. Tell me kind of where you see the whole thing trending. What's, what's the goal in your mind a year from now, two years from now? Well, there's my goal and there's Dean's. partnerships, sure. Oh, so basically, Dean's. I, I'm the one that goes off far west, and uh, and Dean's the, the the string on the kite that has to pull me back in a little bit. Whoa, hang on a minute, right? Um, so realistically, uh, we were at 1,200 members before post lockdown. Um, there is a fierce competitive uh, gym. Um, just we've got quite a few gyms around the area now so there's quite a fierce competitive side around the area i think we are the leading gym uh, around the, in our area but for me the whole point of s20 when we first opened up was to be the best gym in sheffield the best gym in the in, in south yorkshire uh, and that will be that'll continue into next year so realistically it'll be looking at things that i think we just need to potentially bring up uh, better it might be a couple of bits of kit it might be opening some space up it might be redesigning the kit gym the kit layout um it, it, it the one thing i always try and say to people is or well, one thing i can the best advice i can think of is you might think oh i'm going to do this in six months time and then in six months time you might think that is definitely not what i need to do yep right because the gym yep. changes We've got a thousand. We've just got about a bordering on nine hundred members to a thousand members now. With another two hundred and fifty members in that gym, it's a different gym. So, what do we need to make sure that the gym carries on working as effectively as efficiently as it does? And when that's fifteen hundred members, again, the same applies. Then we have okay, the gym is now a different gym. What needs to be in place? What pieces of kit need to be work working so that people are still not waiting for stuff? So the gym flows better. Is it a case of like simple things like do we need to put a turnstile in? Do we need to start thinking about air conditioning units and uh, creature comforts that people like? Do we need to put TVs in there now and really think about stuff out of the box, retain the members rather than looking out of field and pulling members in? These are things that we can't go, right, in a year's time, we're going to do this. This is a case of month by month looking at what we need, conversation with the members, conversation with the team and communicate with the people around us who actually use the gym. Me and Dean have a face we look at the gym like this right and what we need to do is speak to the people inside it come away from it and get a bird's eye opinion of it and then go right hang on a minute we need to do we need to do this this is what's going to make the gym better and that's the best way i can explain it i don't want to turn around and say do you know what next year i'm going to get 10 more treadmills and i'm going to get this new uh barbells a uh, barbell i'm just going to get this new piece of kit and i'm going to throw the nautilus out and i'm going to get some prime equipment because in six months time that might not be what we need i think something we've massively learned from covid is the goal has always been to have a second gym a third gym a fourth and a fifth and that is still the plan and that will happen but whereas before, I think if you anybody looks at their facility and goes, we're done, we're perfect, is the day that you're going to start failing because it's never perfect. So providing we can maintain the facility we've got to the best standard it can be. And then also a conversation we had last week about the second facility, 
we were looking at doing something the same as what we've got now. And we didn't have this six years ago. So let's open a second one on a little budget like we did five years ago and open it to be the best it can be securely now and then build on that and allow that to build itself so that everybody's running independently but also still at the top of the game. We don't want this to become run down and dilapidated and have a second one that's all shiny and new because that just defeats the purpose of having two. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. And I think we, we get into trouble in fitness based on exactly what you said, Ryan. We have our perspective of this business, but we can only see so much. We need to involve others and at least have the information, not necessarily listen to every single input. Because if you guys have a thousand members, I'm sure you get, hey, we should buy this, we should buy this, we should buy this, yeah. we should buy this. But at right. least it needs to factor into the conversation. And a bird's eye view is a really good descriptor of a business like this. If I were to summarize, Dean, kind of what you said, it's less, what am I going to do? Where do we want to be a year from now? And more, what are we doing today to make tomorrow a little bit better? What are we doing tomorrow to make the following day a little bit better? It's far more input focused. And then we'll get to the output when we get to it. Yeah. I mean, I think the world has changed massively. You know, three yeah. years ago, we used to sit in a January and we'd have a two or three hour marketing meeting and we would plan the whole year ahead. And we would have, we're going to do this for February, March. This would be the summer. This would be the winter. And then with COVID and then the cost of living crisis, we in September decided to take away the joining fee and take away the contract because people just don't know what tomorrow brings. People don't know if they can afford to pay their bills next week. And we sat and I equated it to um, our membership is the equivalent of a cost of coffee a day. If you break down the cost of 35 pounds a month and some people see the gym as a luxury and other people see it purely as a necessity because that hour in the gym is their, their mental escape from reality. It's the only way that they, they can get through their tomorrow by going to work and, and the worry and the stress is by coming here and we have to leave our worries and stress out the door because yep. as much as we have this community and people do care, they're coming here to forget about their stress. They don't need to know that our electricity bill has quadrupled. We need to smile and make a way of making that work. You know, they don't care about that. You know, the amount of charges we find around the gym, people plug in their, their laptops in and their phones in, they go, do you know how much it costs to do it at home? I'm like, yeah, we do. There's 900 of you doing it in the building. But so, so now we don't have a marketing plan for next year because we just don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll get back to that as an industry. This is how things are today, yeah. at least. Guys, I wish we had more time, but we're running a bit shy here. I want to save a few minutes at least for you to be able to tell our listeners where they can learn more about S20. What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people connect with you? Okay, so if you go to our actual website, which is www.s20healthandfitness.com, all lowercase and all words, on there, we have got a 3D tour. We've got a take a look around the gym, a promotional video on there. So you can see what we are, who we are, what we're about. Um, our socials are linked to the bottom of that. So as people post on Instagram or Google, it's linked to the website. So you can see our coaches on there. You can see the team that we've got, what they specialize in um, and just see, you know, 
we always say that we are this family and it's a community spirit but just go on on our socials s20 health and fitness on facebook on instagram www.s20healthandfitness.com for our website and you can see everything you need to see from there really yep that is perfect guys this has been a tremendous amount of fun i really appreciate your willingness to to give a look behind the scenes into how this business truly functions like i said i wish we had more time because i think we just barely skimmed the surface on a lot of what you do but we'll have to invite you back again in the future for today okay. i appreciate your time i wish you nothing but the best and i'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys well we definitely i'm sure uh, would love to come back and uh talk about how things are going yeah. as the world gets a little bit more normal again fingers crossed um, one day one day anyway to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description fill it out our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time jim lords out Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.